Welcome back to the Ron Show for December 7th, 2022. Wednesday, the We Can Relax Wednesday. And I'm joined by uh, Georgia Recorder columnist and author Jay Bookman. Jay, how are you this morning? Did you get a good night's sleep? I did. I did. Was up a little late, but uh, yeah, slept soundly. Yeah, yeah. It's it's nice to kind of have that in the review. I literally, uh, after doing yesterday's show, just kind of like lay down on the bed for a little bit, and my cat's laid right next to me, and we just napped. I mean, just a good solid ninety minute nap. It's it's that's. Kind of a long nap, but we napped. Anyway, thank you for joining us. Well, we know the results. We know what's going to be for the next six years for Senator Warnock and for the state of Georgia, having two Democrats representing them in the Senate for the next four years total before we know what will happen with John Ossoff's uh, future. But I wanted to talk to you because I think uh, you and I both found the uh, Greg Bluestein postmortem on the AJC just so insightful. Uh, really chronicling how we got to this point. Uh, what are your thoughts having read that yourself? Well, I agree. I, th- I think it was a very well done. It's the kind of piece where um, reporters are uh, during the campaign are saving up anecdotes, string, what's called saving string, um, about the race that it wouldn't be necessarily appropriate to put into the reporting mm-hmm. during the race while still being um, run but that afterwards you can make those kind of observations and i think greg did an excellent job of of incorporating what he saw and what others uh, have seen behind the scenes more or less um, into a cogent explanation of how we ended up where we did so a couple of things that surprised me the first one being uh this one quip that i'll uh, i'll read a few weeks before the primary uh, McLagan uh, and some other state GOP operatives trekked to Washington to warn party officials about Walker's weaknesses. Uh, they even played a mock ad to reflect how Warnock would attack the Republican. Many of the same themes wound up in the Democrats' TV ads. Uh, did that surprise you as well, to know that state Republicans went to Washington to plead with national Republicans to help them get out of this mess before it became a mess? Uh, no, because McLaughlin was run, was working for the uh, Gary Black yeah. campaign, um, so they were they were um, wanted to go to Washington and tell them, don't put your fingers, your thumb on the scale here, um, in support of Walker because here are the problems that we're going to face. So I mm-hmm. don't. It was not surprising that they did that. It was. It would have been uh, surprising if they didn't. Frankly. Also, uh, you know, a name that I forgot about that I actually was most worried about uh, winning the primary was uh, Latham Sadler. Uh, what did you think of him? Uh, well, you never know about a. It was the first time I think he was running for mm-hmm. for office, so you never know about a candidate until he or she has gone through that process. Mm-hmm. But on paper and and initial um, observation was, you know, he, that he would have been a. a, a a legitimate candidate. I mean, um, they, they chose a first-time candidate anyway, and sort of a poster boy, so to speak, and Latham would have been the very same thing, only I think a little more substantive, probably on policy and uh, biography. True, but I think what, 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 what you saw was that Trump had come out and endorsed Walker, had basically pushed Walker into the race. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dynamics within the Republican Party at the time and, and continuing today were that uh, Georgia's Republican establishment, Brian Kemp, Brad Raffensperger, hmm. were already, I mean, uh, relationships within the party were already highly fraught. Hmm. 
uh, and the Georgia Republican establishment wasn't didn't feel comfortable alienating Trump yet again by coming out against his handpicked candidate. Mm-hmm. So I think that was that played a big part in the in the in the the way things rolled out. Something that uh, Greg touched on in this piece that I sort of surmised uh, in the weeks leading up to uh, yesterday was that Herschel's wife, uh, Julie Blanchard Walker, was sort of a puppeteer of sorts, uh, pulling a lot of strings, including uh, uh, those on her husband. And that really kind of plays itself out in this piece. And we, we learned that, like, I mean, I'm blocked on social media by Herschel Walker. And <laughs> we come to find out that that's Julie doing a lot of this. What? What do we know about her and what her motives were behind pushing this candidacy? Uh, I don't know. I was uh, interested to read the, the, uh, read those anecdotes. I think that is, again, the kind of thing you can report on after the race is mm-hmm. over uh, that's really it's not appropriate to put into the um, – it comes across as special pleading or, or interfering in the race. To It's almost a personal uh, – uh, I don't know, aside, mm. uh, so to speak. Um, but I don't think it's, it's in, in another sense, it's not surprising. I mean, um, spouses are play a role in such things yeah. uh, um, and always have and always will. And mm. uh, um, so she was you know, defending her husband. I, I, I didn't really have a, have a reaction to that other than, oh, that's interesting. Um, and, and it might explain a few things that you saw during the campaign, but as far as being inappropriate or anything, I mean, her involvement, no, I mean, um, you know, Hillary Clinton was a mm-hmm. big, huge advisor to Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. You know, Bill Clinton was a big, huge advisor to Hillary Clinton. Um, mm-hmm. um, Brian Kemp, every, practically every statement he, he makes is me and Marty and the girls. I mean, <laughs> uh, although he, she didn't, Marty and the girls didn't come up much when he started campaigning for, Herschel Walker un, until yep. until the Marty video came out. What was it yesterday or the day before? Maybe I mean it was very last minute. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, so here's another one that I wanted to ask you about: the Wrightsville stop. Um, Greg's piece really puts a lot of stock in the Wrightsville stop, and that it sort of was a, a, a gut punch, I think, to the Walker campaign. Did you see it that way in real time when we were seeing? The, the 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 campaign stop on the schedule, and then we saw how it all played out. We saw the packed house of mostly black supporters in Wrightsville, and then the Curtis Dixon football coach kerfuffle uh, came up. I, I think Greg's piece also points out that almost no one recognized it at the time for what it was. Mm-hmm. Nobody noticed it. I think it was how he phrased it, mm-hmm. um, which means it didn't have a larger impact on the race. Uh, his point was that it had an impact on Herschel personally. Yeah. It had an impact on how he behaved mm-hmm. personally. Uh, that it that they were set it up it didn't distract voters or anybody else, but it did distract Herschel personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was his point. It does, Herschel reacted poorly t- to that and, and acted out in, in ways that were probably not wise. Well, and, and mystified the staff apparently as well, because they started out attacking Curtis Dixon and then inexplicably deletes the tweet attacking Curtis Dixon's credentials. And yeah, it, it does seem like it was, like I said, one of those uh, punches that just kind of catches a boxer off guard and then they're, they're stumbling for a few minutes. All right, we're up against a break. Stand by. We're on with Jay Bookman, author. 
Georgia Recorder columnist. It's the Ron Show on the America One Radio app and AmericaOneRadio.com. <laughs>